Welcome along to Mad Monday. This is your number one rugby league podcast in this land of Aotearoa and I am Ben Hurley and with me I have Di Henwood who is broadcasting from his car uh, where he's just wrapped up his uh, latest OnlyFans video and is now on the line to talk rugby league and Chris Key this time beaming in from his home where he has the classic uh, Apple headphones that look like you have a something about Mary dripping from either ear so uh, that's what I'm looking at but we're going to hear your voice aren't we Chris yes uh, and they're just basic earpods I mean Di's got them as well uh, I should probably give him some shit about them oh yeah his kind of blend into his grey beard though so uh, yes that's <laughs> right we're getting stuck into oh, no, men's I age I don't I don't have earpods I literally have um, some, some some sort of splooge coming out of my ears. Now let's move straight <laughs> into <laughs> into the rugby league. Uh, and my, what I'm going to say is, get the Warriors out your effing mouth. Get the Warriors out your effing mouth because the Warriors pick up their first win of the season, 16-12 over the Tigers. In the air, coming forward, or Laurie missed time. Their nightmares under the high ball continue for the Tigers. Pompey scores for the Warriors, and they take the lead for the first time in the game. Warriors have survived the full sin bin period. Now Gildart down the left-hand side. Pops a ball and looks forward. It was. And the Warriors surely have hung on here tonight at full time. The Warriors have beaten the Tigers here at Campbelltown. 16 points to 12. Well, it was a win, and we will always take two points in this NRL competition that is one of the hardest games of professional anything in the world. But can I just start us off by saying it might not have been the greatest of spectacles, Di Henwood? Look, it wasn't the greatest of spectacles, and I I actually, to be honest, felt a little bit down after a win. But then over the last couple of days, I've picked myself up, and... I'll be coming off the back fence a bit regarding this later in the piece. We actually, on a second watch of that game, played pretty well. We've got to have massive respect to Josh Curran, Ewan Aitken, Tavanga, um, Adam Fanua Blake, who got 150 metres. I thought our kicking game was a hell of a lot better. CHT did a beautiful, um, beautiful kick, which ended up with Aitken going in in the corner. Um, Nikorima had a pretty good game. Sure, it got a bit sloppy because between West and um, and the Warriors, we had quite a bit of drop ball. Um, I forget which West player it was who was out on the right, had a stuffed-up ankle. Was it Joe Ofangawe or something? For a moment there, we didn't attack his side when we could have scored a try. West did exactly the same to us. When we had Montoya off for 10 minutes, they refused to attack down that side. So I think we squeaked out of that. But the main thing is we got two points. We got on a winning streak now. We're one, we're, we're one in a row, baby. And we, I, I think we can potentially get a couple more wins and, and hone things. We'll have SJ back. Shortly, we we were just as we got direction from people like Ash Taylor and so forth. We've been muddling up our halves combination. I'm actually positive. 
I I was down a bit, but I'm positive now. The Warriors are a bit more focused, and we're back. What did you think, Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, I was the same as you. I was what I think because what happened is I didn't get to watch the game live. I was out at dinner with my folks, um, and I got a few texts from friends of mine saying, "Wow, did you watch that?" Um, so I was like, "Sweet, we got to win." It was half time, and it was fourteen points to two, and I was like. Okay, so we're going to score two points in the second half, uh, and that's all I'm about to seize for 40 straight minutes there. So um, sat down, watched it, a lot of errors happening. The Tigers not really, you know, being able to sort of seal the deal despite us having a man in the bin, 10 minutes to go, sort of. But at the end of the day, you know, the Tigers not being able to execute is also the, the Warriors being able to stop them when the Tigers were knocking at our door. We saved quite a few tries there, um, and... Sure, our handling's got to get a lot better, and I'm sure uh, we'll get a bit of a kick up the ass throughout the week for that. But, I mean, one thing I did notice about this game was just the amount of sort of weird things that did happen. Uh, early on, when Luciano Le Lewis scored what was definitely a try, and the, the ref didn't even review it, I was like, what? That's the sort of stuff you'd only do to the Warriors. So maybe they've decided to start doing that stuff to Aussie teams as well this season. Um, another thing that stood out to me was when Chanel Harris-Tavita he uh, was sort of he got smacked in the face uh, by Alex Safarth there, and he was standing over the top of him, yelling him, "Get up! Come on! Don't be a pussy! Get up!" And then uh, CHT was trying to milk a penalty, didn't really happen. What happened instead was he got um, taken off for fifteen minutes. He had to go to the changing rooms because the bunker reviewed it and sort of decided that that's going to be a new thing they do. Ben Hurley, do you see you know people sort of not trying to milk as many penalties now that there's a prospect of sort of getting pulled off in the sheds? Uh, it's an interesting turn of phrase you've used there, uh, uh, Keezy. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, look, it's it's not my favourite. It's not my favourite uh, aspect of the game is is milking penalties. You know, I've been watching rugby league, not soccer football, um, and and I, I don't mm. I don't like that. Look, I, I I'm going to take Di's point, and I think I I don't think we played as badly as people are uh, professing, uh, but I think we do have dodgier hands you know, than a drunk uncle after a bottle of brandy. And I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> like, what do we do? Like, how do you how do you get your players to do the most fundamental thing and hold on to the ball? Is it just bad luck? Is it that we're pushing the pass? Or is it that teams are getting better and better at the stripper tackle, as I call it, where they just fall down the man raking the ball out? Ben, I... Um, I this is a little worry that I have is hands is not something you should be coaching at NRL level. Like that's just something that's a given, you know how to catch and pass the ball, whether it's, we're not clicking in combinations or whether we don't have a game plan. That is something, this is my one little worry is that we don't seem to be playing a game plan, if you will. So I'm not sure whether they're just not executing the game plan that they're given or the game plan is too loose. Like they're being told to play chuck it around Warriors football, which is not something we should be playing with a young backline. Um, mm. What we need to be playing is we have this a Fenua Blake, um, Matt Lodge, except we should be knocking the front door down, then making those little jinks. And we've got, Players like um, Wade Egan, you know, who's so good at burrowing through the line when our forwards are going forward. We need to create the simplest possible 
chances for our back line to just stand deep and run it through the backs like um, teams like Parramatta do. And um, I, the one moment I found really embarrassing was that lie down from Chanel. And um, I think it was awesome that the bunker took him off um, because that is going to stop these um, these silly penalties. Yeah, I mean, is there no game plan, Chris, because we centred and planned everything around SJ coming back and he's, you know, pulled the tampon in for one week out for four? <laughs> <laughs> well... It wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a team with a Warriors team with Sean Johnson in it if we didn't put all our eggs solely in that gorgeous basket of his. Um, but and I guess it's sort of like a silver lining for the Warriors is when teams come up against them, it's like you can't predict what's going to happen. You don't know what the Warriors are going to do. You know, like we are playing this ridiculous game plan, which just seems to be all over the shop. It doesn't help, obviously. That you know, week one we had we've had three different halves combinations now based on injuries and all sorts of different things too. So like trying to nail down a game plan is obviously quite a hard thing to do. So we, we haven't even played with our full sort of lineup of star players, you know, like Adam Lodge. I know Tohu's out for a while, but Reese Walsh, Sean Johnson, like th- those four haven't played together yet. This Oh, and Josh Curran, they haven't played together yet this season. So I think maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I think we've got to wrap this up, but I think my one concern is CHT and, I think these kind of uh, disciplinary things on the field with players, they generally get worse uh, in, a, in a rugby mm. league career. So I'm hoping that's not the case because uh, we can't afford that. But uh, look, we'll take the two points. We'll take it all day long. And uh, yep, we're one from three. That doesn't look too bad, but the Tigers are bloody awful. So um Let's move on now to the stonker of the round and not too many candidates for this one. Uh, and this kind of s- stood out head and shoulders. It was the Eels, 28. The Storm, 24. Moses with his first shot. Tuck. Moses' kick Tuck. has hit the upright. Stone. Stone, my goodness. Stop press on the Southern Highlands views. It's Parramatta, 28. Beating Melbourne, 24. That's right, uh, an absolute stonker. And I'll go to you first, Chris Key. How were you? How did you uh, How did you experience this particular game? I experienced this particular game in Tauranga, where I grew up. My mum and dad were watching uh, the Super Rugby and insisting that it was far better than Rugby League. So I left them, wow. went and watched the Eels take on Melbourne, came down with a massive smirk on my face You know, after the game and said, Dad, a guy came on with 10 minutes to go. He was replacing someone with an HIA. He scored two tries and he blew his ACL out. You will not see that in Super Rugby. It was probably the most, like, I was knackered that night and I was kind of hungover as well. So I was kind of happy, keen to have an early night. All of a sudden, I had so much adrenaline. Ray Stone catching a a kick off the post, catching it, putting in a right step, absolutely blowing the whole right side of his body to smithereens, scoring. This is, I mean, I know that Rabbitohs game where Latrell kicked the uh, the 50-meter bloody uh Convert uh, field goal was awesome, but I think this takes the cake as the best game of the season so far. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I, I think you probably went upstairs to watch that game, watch the entire game, and when you came back down, they were still trying to reset the first scrum in that uh, Super Rugby game. I think that's <laughs> it takes it's an average about eighty minutes, isn't it? Um, Di Henwood, the first chink in the storm armor. They are beatable. Uh, we 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 thought they were, and it has been proven by a. Well, a, a, a clutch play by the Eels. 
they had their big guns firing. They had Munster and Pappenhausen um, on form. Um, they weren't missing anyone. Brandon Smith was back. Um, granted, they had Harry Grant out um, with COVID. But what I loved about the Eels is they played for everything. You see a lot of teams not chase through on um, when they're kicking for goal on a penalty, but they um, or just even taking a droppy. But they chased through. Ray Stone, Paul Kent made an um, interesting observation that Ray Stone probably never steps in his life, and he oversteps so hard. <laughs> Um, that's what blew his ACL out. What pissed me off in this game was Nelson, Nelson Asafa-Solomona gave a massive swinging arm hit on Makatoa, and he got nothing for that. He should he should have spent some weeks on the sideline, and it's just another example that Melbourne could take a hot bowl of dicks to the judiciary, and the judiciary would nominee nom 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 every single last circumcised Victorian penis out of that bowl and still say <laughs> you're not even having a fine you're not having anything you can punch a dude and guess what we'll fast track you to the grand final that's what happened with Billy Slater <laughs> and I cannot believe that Nelson Asafa Solomona has only only got a one and a half thousand dollar fine and um, he is a huge unit he came in with a purposeful full swinging arm and massive respect to Makatoa for not lying down. He did the full Chris Rock and just took it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, you know, a bowl of dicks to to the storm is like spinach to Popeye, and uh, <laughs> and they just didn't quite have the whole tin. Um, gonna, uh, do you have any other thoughts on this, or are they all covered there, Chris? Um, the only thing I was going to say is the cheese coming back after one game off with a broken hand and just being so friggin' instrumental. Here's uh, an outrageous claim. Uh, Harry Grant is the best dummy half in the world. He's the best hooker in the world. Second best is Brandon Smith and the Storm have got both of them and that is absolutely unfair. And Wade Egan third. Oh, oh crap, sorry. Brandon Smith third, Wade Egan second. <laughs> okay, good, good. You're back. All right, that is the stonk of the round, and uh, the Eels uh, will take that one out. Um, we're going to go th quickly through the other games now. Now, this was actually up there for me for stonk of the round because it was the absolute cliche of a game of two halves. Uh, the Titans were 22-0 up and then eventually oh. lose 24-22 to the Raiders. Needs a dummy half here. Papa Lee has to jump in. Schneider, Ooh. Raider down in back play. Nickel Pockstar! Oh, this is close! He might have just done it! The Raiders have hauled in a 22-point deficit. Now, I know there's much mockery from you two that I'm a massive Titans fan. Uh, I'm not <laughs> a massive Titan. I don't dislike Day the Titans. Day one, baby. Okay, but I do love the Raiders, <laughs> and this was a great game uh, for, for me to watch as the, the Raiders came back. The only thing I'm going to say before I throw it to you Di Henwood, is that the Raiders, this might be the last chance they're going to have for a while to take out a premiership because when you look at their roster, it is old. It is really, really old. 
there's there's uh, Rapana and Nickel Clockstar and uh, and Papali'i and they're all they're all getting on, you know. So they're going to go through a rebuilding phase soon. This might be the year that the, the, the Raiders have to do anything they've got to do. Yeah, they need. To, I mean, last year I thought they were old, and that was when they were a sort of a. Um the uh, Coronation Street episode where they had all the old English players. But now they've got... I mean, Rapana, Rapana actually... Um, Rapana had a really good game, I thought, in this game. And talk about a game of two halves. In that first half, I could hear your chairs, Ben Hurley, echoing through your Titans mascot <laughs> helmet um, that you bought day one at Seabus Stadium. And, and, I mean, I... I honestly, at halftime, I'd sort of tuned out a bit in this game because I went, wow, the Titans are showing they could be a top four contender. And then out of nowhere, God knows what Sticky gave or did to the Raiders at halftime, but all of it paid out. I mean, that was just crack, open a keg of amyl nitrate and start sniffing because they they came out (laughs) loose and ready to play in that second half. It was a great comeback. And I love Chance Nickel Klukstar and the fact that he he scored that amazing try uh, sealed the deal for me. Chris, did you get your eyes on this? I did get my eyes on this after the buzz of that uh, Eels Storm game. I stayed up and watched this bad boy. Um, if you, I think you guys have covered a lot of it. I'd just like to say that if I was brought into the Titans coaching staff, I would literally have one thing to say, and that is pass the ball to Andrew Fafidamore. He may as well still be in jail in Bali because we, they, he's running for like less than 100 y- uh, metres per game, you know? So give him the ball more, and you'll score a crap load more points, and Ben Hurley will be the happiest man on the planet. Yes, because the Raiders won. Thanks very much for your thoughts on that, guys. And uh, we're going to move on to the next game. <laughs> we're going to move on to the next game, a game I did not see because I don't care about either of these teams. Sharks 36, Dragons 12. We don't have any audio for that, so I'm going to make it up. Oh, no one cares. Go. <laughs> oh, this is a bit like the Dragons versus Sharks is a bit just like a, a pub fight and bluff, eh? You're not, you're not really fussed too. You're not really fussed who wins. You just want to see one good punch and that'll do you. But the Sharks are actually... Um, the, the, shark, the Sharks, I think, uh, all I have to say about this is what an example recruitment and coaching does. Um, Craig Fitzgibbon brought Nico Hines and Dale Finucane to this club. And wow, Nico Hines has to be in for best buy of the season so far. Is he? Is he buy? Well, I mean, you've, you've... I, I just don't know that much about him. And how do you rank them? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, well, don't you, you have... guys... You guys, you've got don't insights you guys rank... into the NRL that I don't have, so, you know, my hat's off Well, I'm off the you. only guy sitting in a car in the back blocks of New Lynn. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> just quickly, on this game, actually, and on Nico Hines, when he was coming... When he replaced Pappenhausen halfway through last season, I was like... He's playing fullback for the Storm. He's looking awesome because he's on the back of that amazing team. He is a bona fide superstar. And the fact that he was on the bench for Melbourne last year is just absolutely... He's not even playing for... He's playing a completely different position that he played the last few seasons, you know? He is... is, Yeah, slept on him. (laughs) All the best buyers can do more than one position. That's a quote. All right, moving on now to (laughs) to a genuinely uh, good... Arm wrestle of a local derby. We got the Rabbitohs 28 over the Roosters 16. It's full time. It's uh, South City 28 over the Roosters 16. 
That, that that's the audio we had on that. <laughs> it was just the the result that I just read out. <laughs> a really depressed, a really depressed. Well, that's full time. Yeah. Um. So can I just jump in on this? This was a bit of a hometown derby at the Henwood House as well. Bunnies is my son's team. Roosters is my um my sort of pre Warriors team. So I've always got a soft spot for them. And wow, the bunnies came out. Byron, huge try um, to Latrell Mitchell. Cam Murray, I, I personally think Cam Murray had one of the best games as a forward I have ever seen in the NRL. He was over everything. He showed why he's captain of that um, club. And um, Jason Demetrio, um, wow, what a what a way to kick off your um, winning career as an NRL coach. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Uh, big win for the Bunnies and Roosters. Look beatable this year yeah i mean the, the number one thing for me on this one was oh crap no the bunnies still do have it they were just sort of working out some early season issues and i think that game last week um where uh crap who the, it was a, oh the, the storm where it went to golden point they lost but they kind of got that left side of theirs which has been so potent for so long they got that clicking it took 70 minutes they eventually got it working Latrell got some air in his lungs he's you know he's starting to get up that fitness and I think they're going to be back to not being as good as last season from now on but I think they're going to be you know still a top five team just behind the Titans there Ben <laughs> right I'm going to do something we've not don't normally do to move things along I'm going to combine two games here under the umbrella if you like of two teams that last week we thought were quite good and both got beaten uh Penrith beat the Knights 38-20 and the Cowboys hammered the Broncos 38-12 so the Knights and the Broncos we were kind of talking them up in the first couple of weeks and the chickens have come home to roost and that is not a pun about the roosters (laughs) (laughs) I um I was shocked i was almost as shocked as when ben you called me in 2007 when you're flying back from the titans first win over the eels um when they beat the eels 22 10 i remember you called me as you were boarding the plane on the gold coast um just off your mind wearing the light blue and gold face paint for two weeks and scatter my ashes on sea bus scatter them and and these these two games, the one that sung out to me, I expected um, Penrith to beat the Knights, even though the Knights are in good form. Penrith are just uh, uh, a team that is in rare air at the moment. And um, the only thing to take out of that game for me was Mitch Barnett having the brain snap and just um, throwing an elbow out. And he's going to be out for um, for a few weeks, no doubt. But, wow, I picked the Broncos to be in good form. They just got pumped. This was the Cowboys that I love. This was, without being fictitious, that Ben and I went to go and see them win the grand final 2015, I think it was. Um, this was them just playing gold standard football. They never gave up, gave up. They chased after every bone and they just went for it. Some of those tackles where they were getting a Bronco and driving them 10 metres back into the end goal for a dropout. It was sensational. It just got me amped up. Chris, what a game, mate. Yeah, both these games. Oh, the Cowboys, first of all, like 
their trend how different they look now compared to literally two weeks ago in round one you know they were already a really good defensive team they weren't getting a lot of points scored on them but all it's done is after this absolute ass whipping of uh brisbane um all it's done is make me incredibly sad that we don't still have todd payton looking after the warriors and just making us a defensive amazing unstoppable like no one can get through the cowboys they've limited their teams to single digits all three games you know so that and now the offense is clicking that makes me sad but um in terms of uh penrith you know there was a lot of oh they can't do much without clary for the first three weeks blah 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 i think the guy they can't do much without is old uh isaiah yo who's currently leading the dally m um points he's got all three points for all three of their matches the man in the middle that dude is definitely sort of like the linchpin, the key stone in their whole operation. Isaiah Yo, absolute beast. Hey, and for the cow- for the for the Cowboys, Tom Dearden has to be the trans of the year. Like he um he he's played <laughs> for both he played for both the Broncos and the Cowboys, but he has just come into his own at the Cows. They never gave him a chance at the Broncos, and he is just an amazing half. Yeah, and that uh, young fella, Nanai, I'm probably not saying that correctly. Oh. How good. And like he's like, what, 18, 19 years of age? Nanai. Yeah. He is just, what, what a, playing in the number 12, great game. And um, as a, someone who's all got a massive soft spot for the, um, the cows, that was a great game. Yeah, me too. Loved that game. And there was a twinkle or two in Todd Payton's eyes, which of course will melt a few hearts and stiffen a few dicks. Uh, now, the last um, game of the round. <laughs> it's been a filthy podcast today. Uh, now, the last game of the round, uh, I mean, another an, another great finish to this game. Manly 13, Bulldogs 12. Cherry Evans will have another crack at it. What a strike. Field goal number 24 for DC. What I loved about this finish was uh, that drop goal was with three and a half minutes to go. It was a good old-fashioned killing of the last couple of minutes, which they do all the time in rugby union, except they do it with about 20 minutes to go. But I I, I did like that. I did, I did like that I wasn't uh, taken to the very last second uh, of my nerves because I really like the Bulldogs to lose. But Manly pick up their first win of the season, Chris Key. Yeah, when you look at um, this game, sort of everyone that has Tom Trebojevich in their fantasy team had this game circled as, oh, here we go. He's taking on the doggies. He's going to be exploding back into form. Don't sell him yet sort of thing. Especially when you look at last year, uh, the Sea Eagles beat the Bulldogs 66-0 and then beat them again a month later, 36-18. So they managed to put a lot of points on them. And this just goes to show uh, either how bad Manly are at the start of every season. For some reason, Manly always starts slow. But also, just how much better on defense the Bulldogs are. And, you know, they're no longer leaking points. And one thing that I think was the moment I said, okay, these guys know what they, they're doing, is um, they got rid of Jaden Ockenbaugh from their starting lineup and they put young Aaron Shop in there instead. Ockenbaugh is like, he's big, he's fast. He's good under the high ball, but holy cow, he is like a turnstile on defense. And it just goes, to, I think that just goes to show that they're changing the way they operate and that the doggies, although this year I don't think they're going to go massively far, I think they're going to be um, forced to be reckoned with in the coming years. Yes, um, you would have been happy to see your uh, hero in rugby league and life, DCE, win another game for the the, uh, the Manly Seagulls, Di Henwood. Oh, the longest drink in town, I tell you that. Um, <laughs> uh, D- 
DCE knows how to nice a game. I just have one stat about Manly to throw out in this podcast. The last three years, they have got off the mark by winning by one point in uh, um, Decider. In 2020, they beat the Roosters 9-8, round two. 2021, round five, they beat the Warriors 13-12. And this year, they beat the Dogs in round three, 13-12. So they get off the mark to a tight one. And um, I think if Manly can get their shit together, they're actually they're going to really push that top eight. But there's a lot of good teams in this comp. Yeah, that's right. A lot of us do get off the mark to a tight one, Di Henwood. So uh, we're going to take a break now, and uh, we'll be back very soon with Hurley's Heroes and Off the Back Fence. Yeah, what are you getting the ref room number, mate? Hey, everyone. It's Ben, Cody and Wits from the New Zealand Warriors. Can't wait to hear Di Henwood come off the back fence on the Mad Monday podcast now that the NRL is back. Download it for free on iHeartRadio. Not guilty, Your Honour. Okay, welcome back, and it's time for my favourite segment, because I came up with it. It's Hurley's Heroes. All right, if you are tuning in to the podcast for the very first time, Hurley's Heroes is a Who Am I style question where I read out a short bio for one of my old school rugby league heroes, and Chris and Di will be given a number of options and choose one each who they think I am describing. I'm a former warrior and tiger. See what I've done there? Because the warriors played the tigers, so that's how I've come up with this particular person. I'm a former warrior and tiger. I started my career, however, at the Illawarra Steelers, but also did stints at the Roosters and Eels before coming to the Warriors, where I was captain for one season. I finished my career with the Tigers, but also played four Origins for New South Wales and one solitary test for Australia. I played halfback mostly, and I am of Indigenous descent. After retirement, I coached local-level footy, mentor Aboriginal players, and am the owner-manager of Subway Kiama, which is a coastal town (laughs) just south of Wollongong. Am I Andrew Walker, PJ Marsh, Kevin Campion, John Simon, or Lee Odenryan? We'll go to you, Chris. I think first because I really want to hear how you didn't don't know who this is because you love the Hurricanes or something. Yeah. Can I just preface this by saying I recently came to rugby league from Super Rugby and I'm a massive fan of the Hurricanes. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to do here because I can't really picture, I can't really figure this one out. All I'm trying to do is picture each of those players trying to make a 12 inch meatball sub. <laughs> I can't see Kevin Campion doing it, um, so I might rule him out. Uh, Those big sausagey fingers, you don't with... think so? I think he'd really, yeah. I think he'd really handle a twelve-inch really well. <laughs> wow, this is a really filthy podcast. Um, yeah. Who's the guy with thigh in his name? Um, Simon. There was yeah. So Andrew Walker, PJ Marsh, Kevin Campion, John Simon, or Lee Odenryan are your options. Oh, Simon. Okay, well I'll, I'll rule him out. I'll go for uh, PJ Marsh. PJ Marsh is what you're going for there, former Warriors halfback. So, I mean. That's, that's something. Go, Di. Loved, I loved a bit of PJ Marsh. Now, I'm just thinking of um, Aboriginal icon Kevin Campion um, at the moment. Um, I can just see him having, having some bush tucker and um, uh, doing the um, Greg Inglis's uh, iguana move. 
after he scored. Um, after you he don't know what try. people's descents are. Come on, you, you, there's lots of players of Aboriginal descent that don't necessarily no, exactly. wear it in the pigment why, in their skin. Um, I can't remember Andrew Walker playing for the Warriors, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm locking in. I've got a feeling about John Simon. Um, not just because he was Paul Simon's brother who took a different career path. Um, but I do know John Simon, I think he played one season for the Warriors, and I know he did play for St. George and West. I'm sure he played for West. John Simon, I'm locking in. Okay, so you've locked in number four, John Simon, and Chris, you've locked in number two, PJ Marsh. Um, and I can tell you that me and Julio are going to go down to the play in the schoolyard with John Simon is the correct answer. That's right. So die goes, Damn. I think, like 3-1 up. Um, oh, no, we've only had three uh, podcasts. I don't think I've even – did I get one? I, did I get one? No, no, Joel, is, Joel, our producer, is saying he's, it's, it's gone up to the bunker and he's saying no point for you. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, I bet he didn't even check either. He just thought about me and then said, no, you know what? There's no way he's got any of these right. Actually, Di, you went on the podcast last week, but Dylan Cleaver was, and he got it right, so you can have his point. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is Hurley's Heroes for another week. Actually, just to correct you, uh, John Simon played two seasons for the Warriors, uh, but he was only captain for one. And... Uh, yeah, ah. yeah, and now makes a hell of a teriyaki chicken. Now it is time for Die <laughs> Henwards off the back fence. Oh, a long kickoff. The offload to Henwood and he's off the back fence. Boom time. Look, team, sometimes you find yourself in a chapel after Sunday school. Sometimes you find out things didn't go quite as you planned. Sometimes you found out your pastor is not actually a messenger of God. But that does not mean that there is no spirituality in this universe. Yes, I fell off the warrior's train for a small couple of days. Yes, I question the boys in blue and green and red and white and that slightly different red from the Vodafone Warriors. Yes, I had an <laughs> inkling that we might not make the top back, but oh, I am back, baby. I am back. There's been enough negativity out there over us having a win. I contributed to that. I will own, own my mistakes. I will repent to the Lord of Rugby League. I will repent to Proven. I will repent to Peter Villandis for doubting the Vodafone Warriors. But, oh, we have taken that win. We've said it again. We'll say it We'll say it next week. One in a bloody row, baby. One in a bloody row. We'll say two in a row when we beat the Broncos. We'll have a little a bit of a hiccup for a couple of weeks. But then we'll be back and we will have enough wins to get into the top eight. We're going to be challenging this year. We are going to get into the top eight. Then we're going to push towards the grand final. Have no doubt. The Warriors, we might look a bit shady sometimes, but hold them in your hearts and they will treat you right. This is potentially our year, baby. 
<laughs> you're absolutely right. Amen. Amen. You're absolutely right. Look, last week when you weren't on the podcast, I, all we talked about was we got to learn to win ugly, and this week we won in the ugliest way possible. So uh, well done, the Warriors. <laughs> now this week coming, we are up against the Broncos. Fellas, what are your predictions? Chris, I'll go to you first. Uh, based on how the Broncos went against the Cowboys, I'm thinking the Warriors will have a real chance to go two in a row here. We are going to have to um, really knuckle down, not drop any balls, tighten up. Uh, but most importantly, I think we're going to have to look, wait until um, tomorrow, well, this evening I should say, and then tomorrow when Di and I go through the team list, see who we're rolling out there. I'd love to see either the same halfback pairing or whether Sean's coming back, I don't know. Um but I do have a very positive feeling about this. And if we can hold on to that ball and if Matt Lodge and Aiden Fenua Blake can get us going, I think we can go two in a row here. Go, Di. What do you think? I'm, I'm on analysis time that's fallen both ways. I don't know whether this Broncos hiding is good for us or bad for us. Um, both teams are going to be coming out feeling like they had a little bit of a rudderless performance in attack. However, I think we're coming out on top and all i've got to say to them is go through the front door kick the front door down before you start passing the ball um my calls out on how much we're going to win by until i see these team lists but at the moment i have the warriors by four 5 p.m saturday is the game and i think we you know you never know you never know with the warriors But the Broncos, they did get a hiding last week. And we're on an upswing, baby. So tune in to see that team do what they do, which is confound us week after week. We'll be back next week with Mad Monday out every single Tuesday. (laughs) From myself, Ben Hurley, Di Hemwood and Chris Key. Go the Warriors. We'll see you next week. See you next week. He's not Australia. Australia. Australia.